0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Mo H. from Northern California, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 13th at 10 a.m. This is the 10 a.m. East Coast Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book, uh, and we we are on page 36, the third paragraph, Thus Started One More Journey and we're reading through three paragraphs how it could have happened. Today, let me see, uh, today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Liz T., the 12 traditions, Marilyn T., our readers are John K., Sherry K. B., and Elaine T. The reference number for, let me see, the reference number, the share ID for Monday, March 12th, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 11,153. That's 11153. One, and for Tuesday, today, March 13th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 11154 one, or 11154. And our newcomer greeter today will be Melanie C. Over uh, OA Preamble. True Abstinence and the Practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Liz T. to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning. This is Liz T. in Minnesota, Recovering Compulsive Overeater, the 12 Steps. Good morning. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Pat.
0: Thank you, Liz T. And I will now ask Marilyn T. to read the 12 Traditions.
2: Thank you, Mo. This is Marilyn T. in Northern California. These are the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself, in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement of AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. That I pack.
0: In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 36, and we are on the third paragraph starting with Thus Started One More Journey, and we will be ending after three paragraphs with How It Could Have Happened. And today, uh, let's see, I will ask John K. to begin reading.
3: Thanks, Mo. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Thus started one more journey to the asylum for Jim. Here was the threat of commitment, the loss of family and position, to say nothing of that intense mental and physical suffering which drinking always caused him. He had much knowledge about himself as an alcoholic, yet all reasons for not drinking were easily pushed away aside in favor of the foolish idea that it that he could take whiskey if only he mixed it with milk whatever the precise definition of the word may be we call this plain insanity how could such a lack of proportion of the ability to think straight be called anything else you may think this an extreme case to us it is not far-fetched for this kind of thinking has been characteristic of every single one of us We have sometimes reflected more than Jim did upon the consequences, but there was always the curious mental phenomenon that, parallel with our sound reasoning, there inevitably ran some insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink. Our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check. The insane idea won out. Next day, we would ask ourselves, with all inner earnestness and sincerity, how it could have happened. Wow. I can identify with that, Um, yeah, I mean, we call this plain insanity, yes, we do, you know, and yet, as you can read, in the earlier paragraphs, you know, in other ways, Jim was doing fine, and and the same was true with me, you know, I could handle wonderful mental gymnastics in all other areas of my life, but, you know, in this one area, well, two areas, actually, um, all those IQ points just fluttered away, you know. And and all the knowledge I knew, you know, and for a long time in program, I had a problem with that word insanity, even though I could see the insane behavior, but I realized now I was misinterpreting it, you know, sort of like I did word God, you know, no, I wasn't speaking in tongues or ending up standing in traffic, not knowing how I got there. But it was a very specific insanity. When I found this one particular definition of insanity, it all clicked into place. And maybe you've heard me share this. The definition is a state of mind that prevents normal perception. Well, bingo, that's it. I've got this great brain, but a brain operates on the data that it has in front of it. And the trouble is my disease grabs that data and corrupts it and twists it and makes the dumbest idea seem logical in that moment. You know, and this was, this was true before I came into OA, and, and even when I was going through my relapse cycle within the rooms of OA, you know, I was on that in and out cycle for a long time. And that was with like 14 years in program. And I'm not talking 14 years of coming in once in a while. I'm talking three to five meetings a week. And I'm still having these crazy ideas and, and come in with, okay, you know, every day I'd go, okay, here's what I'm going to do today. You know, this is a brilliant idea. You know, again, my ideas—that's the problem, right there. But I would come into meetings and, and spout these things like, "Well, I'm gonna—I gotta be gentle with myself, you know—in my food program." But you know, so I'd have an absence. You know, Henry VIII could stick to, you know, or oh, I can't be on a diet. Well, you know, we're all on some kind of diet. Oh, well, I won't beat myself up. Not not realizing, of course, binging last night was beating myself up. You know, oh, I just—I haven't hit my bottom yet. Or the other one I, I used a lot was. I'm praying for the willingness to stop, you know. And I heard a lady at a convention once say when it comes to addiction, willingness is highly overrated, it's really about pain. And that, you know, you can't you can't really will willingness. And uh, you know, and and or my favorite and so many people heard me in Harlan joke about it. I'm redefining my abstinence. No, I broke my abstinence, I'm just redefining my honesty. But the reason there's all these I mentioned all these is my disease got up every day with one job to do, and that was to figure out how to get me to kick, down, kick the can down the road one more day on actually putting the food down. Because it knew if it could do that for me today, it could probably get me to do it tomorrow and on. And it could also convince me, no, don't worry, you can do this. You don't need help. You don't need other people in program. You don't need a higher power. You can work this out. You've got that great brain, and it just doesn't work. And that great line that's in this reading that I quote all the time, Parallel with our sound reasoning, you know we're not nuts you know all the time. it runs parallel with our sound reasoning. For me at the end of the day, and I'll wrap up, I can't do this myself. I could have Einstein's brain. I can't do this myself. I need a power greater than me, and it starts with a program and, and a sponsor, but it also goes up to a power uh, way above that. And without that. I'm sunk. I was given a gift of abstinence 23 years ago. I didn't get it. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, John K. And the line is now open for those who would like to share on these three paragraphs, starting on page 36. Thus started one more journey. Ginger. Lori T. Corey. Lori. Lori.
4: Kathleen O.
0: Kathleen O. Who was the Robin name? Robin P. Rebecca T.
5: Shannon S.
0: All right, let's stop there. Is there. Someone after Kathleen? Oh, Sherry, I got you, Sherry. Um. Okay, Robin. Okay, who was after Kathleen O. I have a Robin. Was that,
6: was that Lori T.
0: Uh, okay, and now I have Laurie T. I have Ginger oh, okay. T. Okay. T, Kathleen O. I have Miss Somebody, Robin P. And then I have a Rebecca. I didn't get your last name. T. You know, uh,
5: Shannon. Uh, and no, Shannon S. Is
0: in there, too. Shannon S. Yeah, S like Sam. Sherry KB. Okay, we'll stop there. All right. Ginger C. will start us off and be followed (coughs) by Lori T. Thank you.
7: Hi, Mo. Can I be heard?
0: Yes, you can.
7: Oh, good morning, and thank you so much for your service. I'm Ginger C. recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado, and... um, Yeah, I just love this story. We all love Jim, and we can all relate to Jim because I think a lot of us, you know, I didn't come in and just get this. I had to relapse. I had to keep going back to the research. And thank God I let the fire keep burning me because that's when I get this. That's when I concede to my innermost self. You know, it's the pain of the disease and how it progressed that had me convinced. But if I hadn't had those beautiful bites, I don't know if I would have gotten it. And I didn't get it for a lot of years. It wasn't that bad. And I love that the speaker went first because I love when he talks about if food is the o- if it's still an option, it will be the only option. You know, and I wasn't going to cash in my 24-year medallion in AA. I looked at the lesser of the two evils and it was food. It was sugar. And so I went back to that bite, because life was pressing in, those human emotions were building, and I needed an effect. And I knew that that effect would come at once by taking that first bite. So I relapsed over and over and over. And again, thank God I did, because finally, that day came where I was scared. I was more afraid of this sugar addiction than alcohol and drugs. And in AA, a lot of people laugh about OA and sugar addiction. They're like, it's not that bad. Eat ice cream. You need it. It's okay. Just don't drink. Don't drug. Well, you know what? I get suicidal over sugar. And it was getting really scary. And, again, thank God that I kept eating and taking those bites and having that time with the research because I finally was convinced. I finally surrendered. I was not playing around with this another second. And it takes what it takes. I hope today's pain is enough to convince you. But you got to work it like your life depends on it. you got to work each and every day because this disease is 24-7 and it wants you. So I'm just so grateful again that I finally got convinced. And the most important piece today is that there's another suffering OA member that doesn't have it. And if I'm connected and I'm with my higher power, I have a chance to advert misery and death for them. I have a chance to share my experience, strength, and hope and possibly tap into them. So I just pray I don't miss that by being a selfish, self-centered ginger. And I pray that I'm other-centered and uh, doing this work. But so grateful to be. And I just got to give a shout out. I love visionaries because, you know what, you guys do work it like your lives depend on it. And thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I just don't see it in many 12 step rooms and I've been around for a long time and I just adore you. So keep on because your life depends on it and others are counting on you for it. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Ginger C. Uh, Next will be Lori T. followed by Kathleen O.
6: Good morning, this is Lori T. Um, Thank you for the meeting and for the reading. I just love this, I just love it because for me when I read this, it, it demonstrated a few things that um, that are particularly important to me is here where it says um, they actually define insanity, whatever the precise definition may be, this is insanity, such a lack of proportion, the ability to think straight, how could it be anything else? And So when I look at the step two that this power greater than myself can restore me to sanity, this is this is what my higher power does for me. He restores this ability for me to think straight. And that has been critical for me because sometimes I sometimes I don't think that my higher power is in charge of my thought life. But this is where it really says that except to is serious and this is really insanity that, that my higher power has to take over my thinking life. Sometimes I think it's just my spiritual my emotional, kind of my um, ethereal stuff, but he really has to take over my thinking life and restore that to sanity because that's where the insanity is in the thinking. And then I, too, love this word parallel. I remember when I first, maybe not the first time, but one of the early times when I read it, I immediately started thinking of a horse race and how they're in those parallel lanes and how here I have my sound reasoning and then here I have this insane trivial excuse And that one is going to where it says that um, our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check. You know, I see that as just kind of a jockey just not working the horse anymore. And so this insane idea wins out, and it can win by a nose. It can win by a nose. It doesn't matter. Whoever breaks the tape first wins, and it's all over. Celebration, same thing. Next day, after the big defeat, I would ask myself, you know, how could this have happened? It was just my nose. I was so close. My sound reasoning almost won out, except in the bag it tore open and, and it all broke loose. And so I love this idea of the parallel thing, but I also love the idea that that if, if there's nothing else, if there's just my sound reasoning and this thinking running parallel, then it's going to win out. But thankfully, my higher power is in another lane on a better horse, And he's going to get to the tape first, and I'm going to come through along with him. And the insane reasoning is going to have to take a sad third place as long as I... And that's the thing about Jim. He failed to enlarge his spiritual life. So his insanity and his parallel business uh, occurred because he didn't enlarge his spiritual life. So as long as I'm large, (laughs) and I like that word, I'm large today in my spiritual life, I'm going to win. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you so much for letting me share.
0: Uh, Thank you, Lori T. Kathleen O, followed by Robin P.
4: Thank you, Mo, for your service this morning. This is Kathleen O, recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. He had much knowledge about himself as an alcoholic, yet all reasons for not drinking were easily pushed aside in favor of the foolish idea that he could take whiskey if only he mixed it with milk. So, you know, Jim had much knowledge. Um, you know, and knowledge are facts and information that we acquire through experience. But self-knowledge isn't enough when it comes to addiction. Our insane, Our, our thinking's insane when it comes to attempting to control our eating. You know, I had proven over and over again through experience I couldn't control the food. And I would have these... You know, when when I had I had times where I wasn't enlarging on my spiritual condition and I need to do that every day. Um, What I do today does not get me through tomorrow and what I did yesterday does not get me through today. And I remember going to a a Super Bowl party several years ago. And just like Jim having this foolish idea that it could take whiskey if only mixed it with milk. I had this crazy thinking that, oh, you know, this time it's going to be okay. I mean, <laughs> the real problem is the insane thinking that even after the knowledge and wish of the need to leave it alone, we can't. You know, I had to admit that I was without defense from that first bite. And unless I'm doing these steps, I am going to forget. You know, insanity is a severely disor- dis- disto- disordered state of mind. And it's the, ability to, it's the inability to see the truth. You know, why else would I tell myself that this time it would be different? And it's just like the example of the complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove or the jaywalker. You know, Jim thinks he can take whiskey in his milk. I know that's a crazy thinking. But me thinking I could have just one bite and be okay, well, I didn't think that was such crazy thinking. So, But how can that be called anything else but plain insanity? You know, I was hopeless, and I had to understand I was powerless. And what works are these steps. And thank you, all of you, for being on the line today. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kathleen O. Uh, next we'll have Robin P., followed by
8: Rebecca T. Hi, I'm Robin P. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater um, in Los Angeles on Pacific Time. Thanks so much, Um like gosh, I love these meetings. Oh my goodness. And um, you know, I it just I've had so many of those moments in the past where this those thoughts come into my head and you know, it's not my friend and um, you know, and it will say, Oh you, you can have this. Oh, this time you can have this and oh just one. It won't you know and and when I was not working the program I would listen. I didn't have a no. I didn't have a, no, that's okay. I have a power greater than myself who's destroyed me to sanity. And I've turned my will and my life over to the care of God. You know, if I didn't have the, I love that in the third step, it says the care of God. Um, You know, I grew up in a lot of child abuse and for me growing up, it, it just didn't look like there was a caring God. And so for me, part of my recovery is knowing that I'm in the care of God. And that all I have to do, you know, is turn my will and my life over to his care and pray only for knowledge of his will for me and the power to carry that out. That keeps it so simple. And when I do that, if the voice in the head says, oh, you can have a little whiskey in your milk, you know, or whatever my version of that is, I go, oh, no, it's okay. I'm in God's care. And then I go and take some actions. And that's such a miracle. You know, I just, it was like, before it was like, take me to your leader. I didn't have the no button. I was like, I, I, was just like Jim, you know. Okay, I'll put them. Okay, I don't have a right to say no. And, and the miracle for me is that I have a power greater than myself today, that just restored me to Sandy because I know without that power, I didn't have an, an answer to the whiskey and the milk. That was my solution, and um, it just it, it turned on me because it wasn't a God solution. And um, I'm so grateful for this program. I, I actually, it's so funny how many of us love Jim, you know. <laughs> I think we can all identify so many of us. And uh, it's just such a blessing that he's in the book because he's such a great reminder. So God bless everybody. Hope you have a wonderful day. And thanks so much for letting me share. And thanks for your service, Mo. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Robin P. Uh, next we'll have Rebecca T. followed by Shannon S.
9: Hi, this is Rebecca T. from Central California. I'm so happy to be here. And, um, yeah, I could... So me in the problem was constantly going from, uh, you know, relapse to abstinence. And what I realized, I want to say relapse to abstinence and not relapse to recovery because... um, Abstinence to me was, oh, I, I'm abstinent now, which means I was following my food program. Uh, however, in my insane, insane thinking, it was always about, if I think about it now, it was about the diet. Um, so for me, it was oh, I'm following an excellent food program. I am, uh, you know, uh, the whole thing was really about getting to a goal weight and then once I got into the goal weight, um, then I, you know, my mind started creeping uh, again saying, oh, you can have this food, you can have this food, or you've been so good, you know, it's time for the reward. And then I would essentially go back into relapse again. So that was me continuously in the problem. And um, now in the solution uh, where I, I did. I, I finally got it and I, I grabbed the spiritual program and um I continuously tap into God and um I don't I don't let his arms go. And I say that because I um, so I noticed yesterday I was struggling a little bit just before my food. I had weighed and measured, did everything. And I noticed I was still feeling anxious. And I just thought, I said, God, just hold me right now. Just give me a hug. And it was the weirdest thing, but I, I felt his presence. And it was amazing. And, uh, you know, then I was able to go back to um, my abstinent food plan. And uh today in my solution it's not about a diet. I I am not weighing myself. I am not gonna measure myself. I, I figure and that, that's where my insane thinking is. I mean, if I'm losing weight, I'm gonna know. I mean, you know these things. So um I don't I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. I'm gonna live every single day uh just being thankful that God is beside me and being thankful that the food that is coming into my body is 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 nourishment and whatever else happens is going to be up to God Um, and today that's me and the solution and it feels really really great and I thank you all for being here and I pass
0: thank you Rebecca T Shannon S uh, followed by Sherry KB
1: good morning this is Shannon S
5: recovered compulsive breeder in anorexic in New York Uh, thank you everyone for your service um, thank you for the shares. And um, what really hit um, me today, out of those paragraphs, was um, was the concept of self knowledge. And I know in this program we, we talk about it all the time, you know, that self knowledge availed us nothing. Um, but um, what what I was thinking about is that for me, um, that self knowledge that's what I call like um, my head knowledge. It's what I know intellectually. And um, I was in this program for several years. Um, with a lot of head knowledge, um, I you know could say i 'm a compulsive reader, but um, the the heart knowledge, the revelation of that fact, the truly believing of it, and um, the living from that place that was a very different story and um, I often say that you know it takes a long time for things to for things to travel from my head to my heart, even though it's such a short distance um, and as was shared earlier is that um, I had to do a lot of research, um, on my own and that was a lot of quote unquote failures and being back in the food and to be fully convinced so I could fully concede to my innermost self. But like, I can't do that what, regarding the food or regarding God or regarding anything, relationships in my life. I cannot fully concede to my innermost self until I know what that is and, um, that doesn't come overnight for me. Um, At least that's not my experience. I I know that some people come into program and they're just struck with abstinence and um, they just get it right away. But for me with the food and every other area of my life, um, it tends to be a struggle and um, it tends to require a lot of back and forth until I truly, truly get it. Um, And for me, it's a pretty painful process. Um, So, I guess just, um, what I'm saying is that, um, you know, I I can have all the knowledge in the world, but if I don't truly believe it, if I don't truly get it, if I don't truly feel it, then I'm not going to live from that place. But, um, there is a lot of, a lot of hope and, um, on my journey, the, the longer period of time that I have recovered and out of the food, um, you know, I become aware of, other places where I have a lot of head knowledge but I don't have as much heart knowledge and my higher power um, leads me leads me along that path to go deeper and deeper to um, have have more more spiritual awakening um, and sometimes it's really really painful and it's really really uncomfortable but um, I do know that on the other side of that, um, there is so much beauty, and just like the big book says, you know, how dark it is before the dawn. So um, if you're in that place of just feeling in the pit um, and really, really dark and feeling discouraged, just know um, one foot in front of the other, the next right thing, one day at a time, and um, nothing happens in God's world by mistake, and, and he's just looking to um, bring us closer to him and bring us more connected to ourselves. So hang in there. Thank you very much
10: Okay.
0: Thank you, Shannon S., and next will be Sherry
10: K.B. Good morning, Mo. Good morning, everybody. It's Sherry K.B. in Northern California. Very grateful to recovered compulsive over here, and thank you so much for your service, Mo, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. Um, you know, for me, this is all about identifying in... Um, and, you know, identifying out is exactly what my disease wants me to do. So when I see the word insanity, it's like, ah, not me, they're talking about alcoholics, I'm not going I'm, I'm to identify into this. And, you know, they're, they're saying here that the definition may be called just plain insanity, but the lack of proportion pers- that I had, the ability to think straight when I was in my disease, that I can relate to. Um, and I, I love the Big Book Dictionary, and it says, Here on Insanity it says that uh, how can such a lack of proportion, the ability to think straight, be called anything else? Rationalization is giving a socially acceptable reason for socially unacceptable behavior. Socially unacceptable behavior is a form of insanity. That I can relate to because the way I ate, I would not eat like that in public. Um, I ate like that in private. Um, how you saw me in public was different than how I ate in private, and that's insanity. And Albert Einstein says that the consciousness that created the problem can't be the consciousness that solves the problem. And so for me, I it's no human aid is going to relieve this for me. That only a power greater than myself will. And so, and only the steps are going to help me through that to unblock myself from my higher power and connect with my higher power. So. My higher power can help me. It is my responsibility to put the food down, but I can't keep myself abstinent happily. I can white-knuckle it and do white-knuckle insanity, but I can't do it happily and contently without my higher power and without working these steps. And so that's my choice today. It's like, what is that choice Um, to stay face down in the food and miserable and insane? And that word insane, I mean, my... My my disease just you know just you know we can't identify with this. I mean I'm not crazy. I'm not white coats. And they're not going to take me away. But then yet alone in, in the food, face down, miserable, unhappy, discontent, fear, doubt, and insecurity um, heightens for me. And I don't you know that is my insanity. What's your insanity? Um, you know don't let that don't identify out. Identify in. Because that's what's going to help each and every one of us. And, you know, doing this work, being in the steps, staying abstinent is what's going to keep me sane. Because I, you know, I can sit there and tell you what I used to do with the food, and I can look now and say, how insane is that? But when I was in the food, it seemed normal to me. So that tells me how insane I actually was. Um, And they use all kinds of words in here delusion, illusion, the inability to leave it alone. Um, they're using the word inability a lot, and they refer to that as the insanity of, of of this disease, of my disease, and only a power greater than myself is going to be able to help me along with these steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Sherry KB. And for those who joined us late, I will tell you, remind you that we are on page 36, third paragraph, starting with "Thus started one more journey." And reading through three paragraphs, ending uh, with how it could have happened. And I will now open the lines for more who would like to share. Reggie O. Rose Ashley M. Ashley P. Deborah P. Who came after Rose M. Ashley Deborah P. P. Sorry, say that again.
11: Jody E. Q.
2: Jody E. Q. Chris B. Chris
10: B. Chris B. Deborah P. Didn't
4: Deborah know if you
2: got that.
0: I did get Deborah P. Yeah. Okay. I have Reggie O. Rose M. Deborah P. Jody E. Q. Chris B. Did I miss anyone? All right. Ashley P. Ashley P. All right. Ashley, you'll be last. All right, we will start with Reggie
12: O followed by Rose M. Hi, good morning, Mo, and thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line. This is Reggie O, gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. And, you know, every time I read Bill's story, I more and more, I'm sorry, not Bill's story, that too, but Jim's story, I more and more identify with Jim. Like, you know, can you hear me? yes. Oh good, thank you. <laughs> Talk on and on with being muted, uh, but it you know it says here that the intense mental and physical suffering which drinking had always caused him, uh, he had lost his company, he had lost his business, he he was he could lose his family. He knew it. He knew it meant another trip back to the asylum. He had a lot of knowledge about himself as an alcoholic, yet all reasons for not drinking were easily pushed aside in favor of the foolish idea. And we call this plain insanity. I, too, used to have a challenging time with the word insanity um, around compulsive eating. And I'll tell you, <laughs> today I have no challenge with that whatsoever because I have my own version of losing my automobile agency, of losing family, of all of the physical suffering, mental and physical suffering that happens. I have insight up the wazoo from a lot of, a lot of uh, work and, um, and yet when I pick up the food that is plain insanity, you know, no question about it. Uh, It's, I certainly can't help it, you know, but uh, but when I pick up and I pick up, if I'm not, you know, if I haven't enlarged my spiritual life and what I have come to learn in, in um, vision and know and experience in vision is that not only do I have to work, you know, go through the steps and work them the way they were meant to be worked completely. And, sincerely but then i have to keep going every day this needs to be my life and um and you know it needs to be my life and what is really beautiful is that i choose it to be my life today and because it's such an amazing way of life you know the 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 end promises you know god doing for me what i can't do for myself yeah I, i couldn't i couldn't stop the compulsion you know uh and I, there are a lot of things that I can't do that God can, you know, I've been looking at the serenity prayer a lot lately, you know, the, current, the work, serenity to accept the things I can't change, you know, uh, those things that only God can change, such as lifting the compulsion, such as the amazing ways that God shows up in my life every day when I'm doing the footwork, you know, doing doing my prayer and meditation. So, um, yeah I've been there, done that all that the mental twist so often you know um by sound reasoning, I didn't have any sound reasoning when that mental twist came about. you know I would have that that thinking that that idea back in my mind, you know that soft thing about this is not such a good idea, you know, as it said earlier, but that was that was nothing in comparison to the compulsion, and that's not true today um and I am I guess I grow more grateful, you know, just grow more grateful every day that this was brought into my life and has changed me and continues to change me and uh and for the willingness, you know, that I'm I'm given to do the work. Uh, and that willingness changes and grows also. So with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Reggio. We next have we have Rose M followed by Deborah P. Uh, Hi, hello. Oh,
6: oh I'm sorry. It- oh no, it's okay. Um,
13: this is Rose M. Um Hi. Yes, Hi, um, this is Rose M. from the Philadelphia area. Um, so I just wanted to say, um, you know, when I read um, in the third paragraph about um, the insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink, um, you know, I think when I first read this, um, my initial read of it was, you know, whatever's going on in my life um, isn't really that important. and. Um, you know, I just shouldn't pick up. And of course, you know, when we're working our program um, and connecting with our higher power, um, you know, there there is no reason to to pick up. Um, and and I think my point is, I think what this is saying is um, not that the events in our lives are trivial and not important. I believe that we're very important to God. Um, I think maybe in this case with Jim, like it was kind of. You know he was irritated at a salesman um, he's saying you know about why he picked up and mixed the milk with the whiskey um and I think sometimes you know in in life you know there are kind of situations like that, but I can tell you in my life right now um it's um things have been a real legitimate struggle um my My husband was very sick a couple of weeks ago, and an i c u had gone into septic shock um my son's been at the same time having ongoing stomach problems, um, and I don't know why. Um, we got hit with the nor'easter, and um, my husband got stuck in the snow, had to get towed out, um, and then the tow truck had to get towed out by another tow truck because it got stuck, too. So, <laughs> and you know, I had just honestly, in an honest assessment, and after talking to a recovered fellow who I just love, um, I realized I was stomping my feet like a little child, just saying to myself, like, I don't want this to happen, this isn't my life. I wasn't accepting my life on my life's terms. Um, I was trying to assess my life on someone else's terms and saying to God, I want you to change this. Um, and I really realized I just need to work my program no matter what based on my life right now as it is. Um, and, you know, if you have some significant things going on in your life, too, and you're struggling, just keep connecting with God. Keep connecting with program. Another thing I realized yesterday, which was such a God thing, is that I was connecting with people who had very similar things going on in their lives. And And, you know, I very much believe that one of the reasons... I can't say I know why things happen, but I think one of the reasons why things happen sometimes is so that when we meet someone else who's struggling with something, we can come alongside them and say, I've struggled with this too. I am struggling with this. You know, what can I do for you? I'm here. You're not alone. And that's what we do in program. That's that's what we do. That's why we have this, this fellowship. Um, so um, I just wanted to say that, you know, that, you know what's going on in your life matters, um, and keep working. Program, um, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Deborah P. Next, we have Jody EQ followed by Chris B.
11: Thank you, Mo, and good morning, everyone. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. So, we pick up over some trivial excuse. And as we've been hearing on the line lately, when, when we actually pick up, it's because we have been failing to enlarge our spiritual life. So what is the trivial excuse that I use to keep me from staying in fit spiritual condition? What is the trivial excuse I use to that prevents me from picking up the phone and doing a 10th step or that keeps me from doing my meditation this morning. Perhaps some trivial excuse like, oh, I just don't have the time. I'm going to be late or something. Or I did it yesterday. Those are also trivial excuses that will lead me to picking up eventually. Maybe I have an excuse that I... I can't sponsor, I'm not ready, I'm not, I don't know enough. That's a trivial excuse. If I've worked all the steps, I'm an abstinent, I've been led through the big book, I can lead someone else using the big book as my authority, using my sponsor to help me. So just as I can have a trivial excuse for picking up, I can also have a lame excuse for not doing What I know will keep me in fit spiritual condition. 10 steps, 11 steps, nightly review, spot check inventories, and carrying this message to another compulsive overeater who still suffers. It's so easy to uh, think of some reason why I can't do that today. But that's where I have to be on my guard and not rest on my laurels. I must do these things that I know and have been told and I experience keep me in fit spiritual condition. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Jody EQ. And we have about five minutes left. So if Chris B and Ashley P could kind of split that five minutes to two and a half each. Thank you very much. Chris B, you're up.
14: Hello, good morning. Glad you heard. Yes, you can. Excellent. My name is Chris B. from St. Louis. I am a compulsive reader and loving life today. Great to hear everyone shares. Thank you, everyone, for your service. Uh, What comes up for me in this reading is that I have the obsession of the mind, and what a gift that I can be aware of it when it comes up. I'm smiling. There's a smile on my face. Um, I weighed 430 pounds seven years ago, and I didn't do this alone by any means, but I've been at a, a go-weight for over two years of 195 pounds. And I'm smiling because nothing else ever works. Uh, I understand what Jim went through here, when using my logic, my black and white thinking to uh, outsmart my obsession, mind. I, I learned to respect these things that I fear, and it is a gift. I have the obsession of the mind. I'm living a life that's greater than I ever would have been if I was not a compulsive reader with the obsession of the mind for food. And I know that for a fact today. The things I valued before, I I no longer value, and now I have a whole new set of values, and the story isn't done. It's not done being written. Um, There's still blank pages ahead, and there's still many uh, peaks and valleys, and that's okay. It's wonderful not to have to walk that, path alone and to be with you all like-minded individuals that I can relate this to. Um, I think I was at the store yesterday. <laughs> I do go to the store several times a week to stock up the goods for the warehouse for my food plan. And I kind of smile as I recognize that it was a store I used to uh, be an obsession in, wandering aimlessly up and down the aisles, looking at my reflection in the frozen food aisle and thinking, shit, you know, I, here I am again. And, well, it, you know, there's tomorrow. And just not knowing that I had the obsession or that um, there was a way out through the big book with the big book sponsor, there was a way out uh, through action. And it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but uh, back to the fact of obsession, the the only thing that's ever worked for me to get out of obsession has been the spiritual solution in these ages. Uh, if I'm an obsession, I have to be on the phone and my obsession will tell me that I'm not recovering right. If I have the obsession, it'll tell me that I I don't need to pick up the phone, that I can just basically uh, know exactly how the conversation is going to go. And then all of a sudden, I talk my way out of having the conversation. That's where my obsession dies is where I'm on the phone admitting, hey, I have the obsession of food right now. That's where I'm at. I need someone, a guide to help me out. Uh, my obsession will beat around the bush and not mention it for 30 minutes on a phone call with an OA. Everything's fine. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm an obsession. (laughs) I laugh because I've had that conversation many times before and um, I'm just very grateful guys to be aware of it, to know that um, it's not 24 seven. I I feel like I've been obsession free for 90% of my life for the last three years. following a food plan and, um, practicing these steps have been possible from that. So thank you all very much. Hope you have an amazing day. The sun's out here. It's the spring. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you, Chris B. and Ashley P. We have about two minutes for you.
15: Uh, hi, this is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. And I think you said two and a half minutes, though.
0: Yes, two or two and a half. Okay. Yeah.
15: All right. I'll start my timer. Uh. Yeah, I'm very grateful to be on the line today, and I've, I've really heard um, some wonderful, wonderful shares. Uh, welcome to newcomers. And uh, the line that stood out to me is, uh, ran some insanely trivial excuse for, for taking the first drink. Because I read that, and what I, what I realize today is that the excuse is always trivial. Um, because nothing, nothing is worth breaking my abstinence over. Um, But when I was in the food, I absolutely didn't know that that excuse was trivial, that it didn't sound like an excuse, and and it seemed um, completely reasonable and and like something that I absolutely had to follow. So um, I really... And I'm beginning to thank my higher power today for these these lines about insanity and and all of this pain because that's what it took me to realize that that excuse is always tri- is, is always trivial um, i'm I'm an addict and I'm the kind of addict that needs to um, go through a lot of pain before I make any changes um, but when I think back on all of those years um, always going back to sugar and and then restricting again and 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 every night ending up binging and, and then restricting the next day it took all of those years to to hear the the triviality and in that excuse and um, for the newcomer, the reason why I can hear that today is because I I work these steps, I work with a sponsor, I listen to these meetings, and I'm in this book on a regular basis. So um, it's, it's not hopeless, uh, it is a matter of, of putting my faith in a power greater than myself, and I do that simply by getting in the book and, and working the steps, and um, yeah, with that, I'll, I'll pass.
0: And thank you, Ashley P., And we will now close. Uh, I I would like to thank everyone for sharing. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Sherry KB please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Thank you.
10: Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.